Look at this place. It's absolutely gorgeous. For Jeff Cuellar and his team, Moon River is all about experience. For us, it's about creating that destination and, and that micro experience so people uh, have something to look forward to. It's an experience reflected in Chattanooga. Chattanooga is amazing. It's just our opportunity to help tell the world how amazing the city is. Cuellar says small tweaks like RFID wristbands, kid-friendly activities, and a slightly bigger crowd are ways to improve. I think we did more tweaks this year, realizing we laid a successful blueprint from last year's festival. And it's like, what can we do to help improve the overall fan experience? Without losing what makes Moon River special. No one wants to be a dot in a crowd anymore. I think they want that intimate, personal experience. So as tourists and locals alike head to Coolidge Park. Being able to walk across that bridge, it's like the most beautiful entranceway to a festival I think that we have. Cuellar says he wants them to be welcomed into a family 10,000 strong. It's a big family. So from the artists to you know the producers and the fans, everyone is a part of this extended family and you feel it when you walk in. What the hell is that? Yes, my name is Brian. What would you say you do here? Stone on air. But wait, don't die, right? I'm so happy I could die right now. I'm so happy since you left me. I could die because I'm so happy. Just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody, to the Stone On Air podcast. First available for download on the 13th of February, Valentine's Day Eve, if you will. Thank you so much for finding the show. I'd like to think there might be some new listeners this week because of the subject matter. The Moon River Festival will be heavily uh, the, the subject matter here in the first segment. The final segment of the show, I am going to uh, talk about the XFL and football in general, pro football, amateur football, those kinds of things. So if that's not your thing, you can check out then. And um, so really only three kind of topics within these two segments this week. If you are new to the show, my name is Brian Stone. I work at a radio station here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Alt 98.7. Tiny, tiny, tiny little signal here in downtown Chattanooga that uh, does a lot with very little and uh, alt98.com, uh, the downloadable app, and all that stuff. Basically, a lifelong radio guy. Um, and I've gotten into uh, doing these podcasts since 2016. And the subject matter of this show is whatever I want it to be. So sometimes it's more successful than others, and it just depends on what's going on. And uh, it's one of those, it depends on who you ask kind of things. On the front end there of the open, that was audio from WRCB, a local t television network, a NBC affiliate here in Chattanooga, uh, highlighting and doing a, a piece on Moon River last year. The uh, guy they were talking to, Jeff, I hope I say his last name right, Quavar. Jeff Quavar, is, um, he is with AC Entertainment, and when we go up for our Bonnaroo walkthroughs, the media walkthroughs on the Wednesday uh, early afternoon before the festival starts, he's our guide. So I know who he is. He doesn't know who I am, I'm sure, but uh, good guy and does a lot of good work. And I like the way that he framed the uh, the conversation there for that vignette for television was this is more of about an experience rather than something that you're actually purchasing. And that's something I think resonates well with young people, but I think with older people as well these days. It, it's not about having stuff. 
It's about experience and user experience, more specifically, to the festival scene. More on that as I get into a preview of I'll have about 12 cuts of bands that are playing at Moon River Festival. If you're hearing this early on Thursday, tickets, whatever there are that are available left, go on sale today at 10 a.m., um, clearly that this for most people is going to be old news and not do you any good anymore. I do believe this festival will sell out again. And, uh, it's just a matter of when it might not be as quick as it has been in the past. We'll just have to wait and see the lineup isn't as star studded as it's been in the past, but it's still, it's still good. And it's very deep. And I'll, uh, I'll give you examples of that here in just a few, but first for those locally here that listen to this on a regular basis, I have to at least touch on the uh, the the winter wonderland of 2020 that was this past uh, Saturday. Regulars to this show know that I am not overly impressed by snow. I don't like how Southerners react to it, and um, I, there's just, I have a lot of angles that irritate me about the snow. First of all, I don't like winter period, so anything that comes along with a winter, I'm not happy about. But first, I'll just preface by saying that was the most incredible snowfall in the history of Chattanooga at least of the 21st century, and of my lifetime here. Meaning it was the perfect snow amount, the perfect snow fall, and it lasted for virtually, what, five hours at the very most, maybe more like three or four? That, to me, is the perfect snowfall. Because it was it was actually that perfect snow. It was 39 degrees out or 37 degrees out. It wasn't even freezing. And it was gorgeous. It was picturesque, like no doubt. Um, so it's the greatest snowfall in the history of Chattanooga. But let me back up here before I get to talking about my experience with that day. All right. I am a, a not a morning person. I never have been. I wish that I was. I wish that I got up at 6 a.m. every day and went to bed at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night every uh, every night and got you know a decent amount of sleep and woke up refreshed or at least woke up ready to take on the day and this have such a long morning because I've you know I've done it before and it's a it's a satisfying feeling to be up at seven and eight o'clock in the morning had already accomplished things at that point, um, but I can't do it. I can't get out of bed. Part of that is is because I've been on a second shift, split third shift, makeshift first shift. It's changed my whole life. It's become pretty steady in the last five years or so, but it's always been changing and always throwing me for a loop. And it's created lifelong adult insomnia. I, I suffer badly from insomnia. And um, I drink too much to take drugs for, for this insomnia. I don't, I don't want, what do they call, what, what is it? It starts with an A. Ambien. I don't want Ambien. I don't, I've taken it before. I know what it does. I don't want it. I, I just want to go to sleep when I'm tired. It just doesn't, it's not as easy to do as it is to say. So if something's going on in the morning, I have to like basically be required to be there. I remember even being as a, a a kid, but you know, closer to an adult kid, late 16, 17, 18 teens, and Christmas morning. I can't, I'm not getting out of bed to open Christmas presents at seven in the morning. Y'all nuts. I'm not doing that. And it, it, it has to be a requirement where I'm not getting out of bed. And so when Saturday rolled around, especially on Saturday, um, there, the, 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 my girlfriend's kids are making all kinds of a noise, like, you know, yelling, hey, 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 wake up, wake up. And I'm thinking, God damn it, what now? <laughs> okay. But it turns out they were just freaking out because of the snow, like kids do. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Brittany, my girlfriend, 
loves the winter wonderland snow. Just like most people do. I'm the outlier here. I get it. So she jumps up and she's just like, she's maybe worse than me as far as wanting to stay in bed all day. And she's like, oh my God, look at this. You know, and I'm just kind of like, what the hell is going on here? And I, you know, I look out. uh, Okay. Wow. Huh. That's, uh, I wasn't expecting that. That's pretty. That's, that's pretty. Okay. Well, I'm laying back down. They jump up, they run outside, they're having a big time, they're doing all the same thing everybody else is doing, they're, you know, she's posting to all the social medias, and everybody's having a big time, and I'm like, you know what, Ugh, this is comfy, comfy, comfy bed over here, Ugh, I'll be in and out of sleep, and I would, everybody, you know, I don't have the, the room, and house is empty, Ugh, I love this, and I, I basically didn't get out of bed until it was halfway melted away. And people give me a hard time over the years about this, and she was a little irritated that I wouldn't come out and do all that stuff. But here's the way that I look at this, right? This is the way that I look at that morning. So this is what you're telling me you want me to do. You want me to get my ass out of bed hours before I want to. For what reason? Oh, to go outside in the cold, to put on my clothes, bundle up, gloves, all that, go out in the snow, And you want me to walk around in the morning when I'm exhausted and play in this, put my hands in it, get my feet all soaking ass wet, my clothes soaking ass wet. And this is something that you're expecting me to voluntarily do. Like, I'm not being forced to do this. Like, I don't have to punch a clock and go do this for work. This is something that you're expecting me to get out of bed and purposefully go over and do. No chance. (laughs) Not happening. Going back to sleep. And um, that's just that's just how I'm wired. Snow ain't my thing, but it was pretty, man. I, I mean, I I understand beauty. I get beauty. I love beauty. It was gorgeous. Take a picture. Show me later. It's all good. All right. So and then by the time you know the afternoon rolled around, I'm watching football, which I'll get into with the XFL and all that later on in the show. And it's 50 degrees and it's gorgeous out. And like so, it was the most perfect snow day ever. I really did enjoy it because I was asleep during the parts that I didn't like and awake and had a nice sunshine, warm day on top of it. It was fantastic. All right, so the Moon River Festival is back for its third year at Coolidge Park, September 12th and 13th. And this is a, um, it's a, it's a original baby brainchild of Drew Holcomb from Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Uh, I think he's originally from Nashville, spent a lot of time in Memphis. And uh, he moved it to Coolidge Park, which who knew was really one of the perfect places you could find to hold a festival like this. Americana, roots, bluegrass, a little bit of rock and roll, places to catch the game, good vending, good options for food and drink. Just overall, uh, a beautiful place to have a music festival. So sometimes this works out this way, and sometimes it doesn't. It depends on what your mission statement is and the execution of whatever that statement is, is that I go to I mean I go to Bonnaroo every year and I know comparing the two aren't is not fair and shouldn't be done but they're both under the umbrella of AC Entertainment so they have the same overall mission statement and uh, management focus right so they're trying to create a an environment an experience a user experience now that's something that Riverbend has had trouble with here in Chattanooga over the years and I have all the confidence in the world that Riverbend is going to turn their um their their whole uh, philosophy around and that's going to be a re-envisioned new user experience but I'm getting uh, ahead of myself here sorry my point being who's playing Bonnaroo doesn't matter like it doesn't really matter who's playing Bonnaroo 
I'm going to go and I'm going to cover it. And even if I wasn't covering it, I would still go. And that's they, they've built a culture like that. They almost lost it a few years ago, but they've built it back. They've done an incredible job of making an experience a FOMO, a fear of missing out. And over the course of the first two years of the Moon River Festival being here in Chattanooga, they've done almost the same thing. And I, I it was all by design. And so while this year's lineup doesn't just jump off the page as some kind of, oh my God, can you believe what I'm seeing here? Like it really was the first couple of years. The Avitz, Brandy Carlisle, Isbel, uh, the Head and the Heart. Those are big names in the Americana roots rock genre. Huge names. And you just can't do that every single year. Not every festival can do that every single year. So you know what you do? You focus on experience, user experience, fan experience. And they have done an incredible job of that for the first two years from my vantage point. And really from all vantage points that I've had the opportunity to discuss with other people. The biggest complaint in the city of Chattanooga and these a lot of these types are going to complain no matter what the situation is because there's a little bit of envy within the local music scene. People that were very upset the first two years that there wasn't local music in uh, involved and almost saying that they weren't going to support it because of that. Uh, well, that just meant you didn't have a ticket, bro, and you couldn't go. Uh, but I get what they're saying to a certain degree, but we can stop all that mess strung like a horse is on the lineup this year, and they deserve it. They already deserved it. They deserved it last year. But you just, I mean, you just don't get booked to a festival because you, quote-unquote, deserve it. Sometimes there's circumstantial things that, that make it not possible. Well, Strong just got back from a run in London, and a week later we get the news that they're going to be at Moon River Festival. So there you go. That is exciting. So the lineup is not what it's been the last couple of years from a from a star power kind of name recognition right off the top. The headliners, Sheryl Crow and Nickel Creek. Now, I get it. In an instant gratification kind of society that we live in through social media, that doesn't jump off the page as something that wows you, okay? I totally understand that. Uh, then you go from there, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, Ben Rector, Billy Strings, Indigo Girls, Dawes, Robert Earl Keane, Shovels and Rope, Jayhawks, Coin, Colony House, blah, 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 goes on from there. You likely have already seen it. Not names that scream off the page, but when you sit down and you start listening to this and you start evaluating the experience of the, fe- of the, of the festival, of the park, of the vibe, of the people, of the weekend in September when it's usually cooling down. Last year was pretty damn hot, but you get my point. This is still a very experience-driven festival, and I have, there's no doubt in my mind it's going to sell out. Uh, it might not sell out today. Again, today's Thursday the 13th. It might not sell out today, but it will. And uh, when it gets here, you know you're going to want to go. You're going to wish you could go because that's where everybody is going to be having a really big time. So let's start sampling music from this year's festival in no particular order, just as I put them together today. Uh, We'll start off with the great Robert Earl Keane. I know him best from the, what, Christmas with the family. This is feeling good again. Good, feeling good again. 
That's probably his most popular song, I guess, outside of Christmas from the family. But there's not a person in the in the in the music listening world that knows anything about anything, especially from an Americana kind of standpoint down here in the South, even from a country music standpoint, who doesn't enjoy a Robert Earl Keene show, especially in the evening or even in the afternoon on a nice uh, September weekend. This is a band that I did not know who they were before I started listening to putting the playlist together for Alt 98.7 the other day. They're called Coin. The song is Talk Too Much. They will also be in Coolidge Park in September. I, I think I recognize this song. Wait, doesn't it go like this? Maybe it's my theme song. I talk too much. Shut me up. So that is Coin. This is another one. That I was familiar with the name of the band, but I, and, and at once I listened to the song, I was familiar with the song. I just didn't know uh, the name of the band or the song. It is Colony House. The song is called You and I. Now, this is coming from more of that, the rock side. So it's not all just bluegrass and Americana. There's, there's electric guitars in this festival, too. It's a nice mix. It's a nice blend. This is Colony House. Here it goes. This next one, I would guess, is probably going to be playing before Cheryl Crow because. They're more of uh, of the rock band that most people know the name, whether you need, knew for sure or not. They're called Dawes. The song here is Tequila. When the Tequila Runs Out, you know, in full disclosure here, complete transparency, I'm not a big fan of this band. They're fine. People like them. We play them all the time at Alt 98.7. They don't do a ton for me, but they're going to do a lot for many people. And they have a lot of radio singles. They probably have five, at least five songs that at any given time on um, on certain formats that are like the one that I work at, you're going to hear uh, regularly. Uh, Drew Holcomb put this together once upon a time, and now he just makes sure and you know gets with AC Entertainment. They make it happen, and then he shows up and plays. Last year he did kind of like a super jam kind of thing. Uh, with several other bands, Johnny Swim and some others. This is uh, him and his band, The Neighbors. It's going to be officially Drew Holcomb and The Neighbors. This is End of the World. It's actually a really, really good song, and uh, it's going to be fun. Smoke them if you got them, boys and girls. Sorry. 
the video is kind of like a Walking Dead kind of thing. It's uh, apocalyptic zombies. They're trying to fight them off. Listen to it for a minute. Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, Moon River 2020. Boys and girls. All right, so now to the headliners. About halfway through here with the samples. Um, Now to the headliners. It was about two years ago, maybe three, but in the last couple of years, couple, three years anyway, I was at Bonnaroo getting ready. Uh, You know, we get there Wednesday and Thursday are sometimes really busy because it's, it's actually kind of work. It's fun work. It's great work. I love it. But... It's it's deadline uh, oriented and it can be a little stressful. And Friday rolls around and we're doing another recording Friday early. So, you know, I've been here three days. I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, I've not had what I would call genuine fun just yet. I mean, I love it, but I, I haven't been able to, to get get anything out of my system yet. And I was talking with Barry Corder. And Brad, we were doing the What Podcast recording, and I don't remember who we were recording that day, but they needed me at a certain time. And I said, listen, here's the deal, all right? I need to see some music, okay? It's Friday afternoon, and I'm going to lose my bleep if I don't do that. So 3, 4 o'clock, whatever it was that she played in the afternoon on a gorgeous day on the main stage, which is the best-sounding stage in the country. It's incredible. I said, I'll do whatever y'all need to do, but y'all leave me the hell alone between this time. I'm going to go see Gerald Crow, and I'm sure I got made fun of by somebody, Shirley Brad. And I went, and I took, you know, I got my drink, and I got, you know, I got a bite, and I went out to the main stage, and Cheryl Crow delivered exactly what I wasn't even sure that I needed. It fixed everything. Every stress level just evaporated. Every concern I had wasn't there anymore, and it was just, genuine joy you could see in her performance and later talked about how that was one of her most favorite shows she had ever performed and you could tell I mean you could just tell now Bonnaroo is a different place and I'm not saying you're going to get that same thing at Moon River I'm just saying it's going to be damn good and I can't wait this is my favorite Sheryl Crow song ever it's called There Goes the Neighborhood I dropped acid just to see what the fuss was about There goes the neighborhood. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I can't promise you it's going to change your day or life or moment, but I promise you it'll be good. I think it is a great, great headliner. So let's go to the next headliner, Nickel Creek. I do not know anything about this band except for they are a band. (laughs) That's about as far as it goes. The little bit I read, uh, Chris Style I hope I'm saying his name right, is uh, basically a a prodigy, a child prodigy at uh, mandolin and all the different uh, instruments that he plays. And they were, you know, they had their run and then they broke up for a while. He's been hosting an NPR show 
called Live Here Now that they're going to be recording and taping at Memorial Auditorium on September 11th, the Friday before. You can buy those tickets and uh, through the website as well. You're on your own there. But I guess kind of the selling point is, is that it's the reunion of the band Nickel Creek. So will they be Saturday, Sunday? I don't know. We'll find out later on. This song is called, uh, what did I write it down? When in Rome, Nickel Creek on the Stone On Air podcast. I mean, it's got a good sound. It's bluegrass. Male, female harmonizing is always fun. And I don't know if this is a popular song of theirs or not. I'm not going to pretend like I know something I don't. On the banks of the Tennessee River, if we get lucky enough to have a great weather day, I mean, can't go wrong with music that sounds like that. Now, let's transition to the band that's been making Roots Americana music like this since way before it was cool. Since way before mainstream embraced this kind of idea, this kind of concept, the Indigo Girls we're doing this before you've ever even heard of what it was. This is closer to fine. Their, I would say, their most popular song. I don't know. Hell, maybe I'm wrong on that. San Diego Girls at the Moon River Festival 2020 in Coolidge Park, September 12th and 13th. Yeah. Well, darkness has a hunger that's insatiable. And lightness has a call that's hard to hear. I've still never seen the Indigo Girls. Never seen them. They played in Chattanooga so many times. I think they're Athens-based. Georgia, right? Can't remember. And if there was anybody that could say, hold it, hold on there, Brian. We've been doing this just as long as the Indigo Girls, or at least close to as long, that would be the Jayhawks. Now, I'm, once again, not going to pretend like I know much about them, but they've been doing this roots-based Americana-style music since the 80s as well. This song is called Blue. It's the Jayhawks.
a damn good song. It's a damn good song. Every one of these songs I'm playing right now are a damn good song. And they all don't have just one damn good song. They have multiple. So let's go on. I only got three left here. Who do I got next? Oh, Billy Strings. So the other day, uh, maybe Sunday, before the lineup was announced on Tuesday, I got it in advance. And um, I, you know, I was quiet about it because that's how you do it. But I had one friend who uh, I've met through the live local scene and just traveling regional uh, festival scene and live music all the way around. And from the radio, his name's Mac, good buddy of mine these days. And I knew that he would keep his mouth shut. So I, I sent him the, uh, the uh, screenshot of the advance. And the first thing he shot back to me, like super quick, no hesitation, was Billy effing Strings. He's like, hell yeah, dude. And I was like, well, I don't know who he is, but I'm going to check it out. And uh, I was not disappointed when I gave it a listen. It's, uh, it's fun stuff. This is Dust in a Baggie. Billy Strings will also be at Moon River 2020. I got 20 long years for some dust in a baggie. <laughs> it's good stuff. I love it. Second to last cut I got here is from a band that I should know more about because I've known of them for a long time, Shovels and Rope. And for some reason, I've never really spent much time paying much attention to it. I think it's a husband-wife combo, right? I know it's a man and a woman, and they're a duo. I think they're married. And I think this song is called Birmingham. I lost my notes, and I'm not sure. But Shovels and Rope is good stuff. Very, very good stuff. It's going to be a fun, fun couple of nights in September at Coolidge Park. Shovels and Rope, and the final one, the final clip that I have is an incredible song that was debuted, or at least for me, first time I heard it was the jam in the van that uh, Strung Like a Horse did up in Nashville before some singer-songwriter showcase or something. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're just nonstop, crazy busy. They are on the verge of superstardom inside of this genre and they deserve to be on this lineup and I'm excited about it and Chattanooga should be excited about it we'll listen to this for a minute it's fuck what you think don't fear the rain just join the parade loving yourself forget what they Said. If you ain't been you, then 
Can't help myself, sorry. Stop spending your whole life trying to be what you ain't. Can't hide your heart with a new coat of paint. They'll accept you, I promise they can't So just be who you are And F what, what they, they think. think Beautiful, I love it I'm going to turn that version down because it's half cut off And I'll turn this one up over here As we get out of this first segment um, Strung Like a Horse is such a fun band They're such great dudes um, They have uh, incredible members that have come from other places and have kind of morphed together into what this band is known now. There are more strings, more stand-up bass, more violin, fiddle, whatever you want to call it. They've gotten a little more uh, plugged up. They've got a prodigy, I mean, just a, a, a virtuoso guitar player in Tyler Martelli. The guy is absolutely incredible. Dan Pinson, one of the most well-versed and knowledgeable musicians that's ever come through Chattanooga, at least in my time here. Uh, Clay, who I probably know the least, we have hundreds of, of mutual friends, but I probably know him personally the least, is got incredible, uh, he is incredible lyricist and just overall direction of the band. And crispy man with the bright blue hair and the and the tings and the tongs and the the bowls and the drums and the, all the sounds he makes the percussion to keep that all together. Hell in London, he was using the GD floor as a percussion instrument. These four have come together and created a something I don't believe Chattanooga's hardly ever seen before. And I am so happy for them, and I cannot wait. To be uh, to be there to see this, see them on a on a major stage in front of their hometown. It's going to be an incredible time. Moon River Festival, the 12th and 13th of September. Hopefully, tickets are sold out by the time you hear this, because I don't know when you're hearing this. Maybe you're a bot and you clicked on it uh, in 2025. Hell, I don't know. But in September, it's going to be a big, big time. Thank you so much for uh, hanging with me on that. I know it's been a long segment. We're almost to 35 minutes in. I'm going to touch on co uh, college football, pro football. XFL, NFL, just a little bit on the way out the door in the final segment of the show. If that's not your thing, thank you so much for being here. Check out. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm cool with it. If it is yours, we'll talk about that coming up next. So don't spend your whole life trying to be what you ain't. You can't hide your heart with a new coat of paint. You think they'll accept you, I promise they can't So just be who you are and fuck what they think. More of Stone On Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com Ladies and gentlemen, the founder of the XFL, Vince McMahon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL! 
<laughs> That's Vince back 20 years ago. No chance. No chance in hell. You got no chance. One of my favorite entrance music in WWE and all of professional wrestling. This is Vince McMahon's entrance music. No chance in hell. You've got no chance. No chance in hell. Yeah, that was from the first XFL nonsense nearly 20 years ago, which um, that was opening night in Vegas. That was when He Hate Me was introduced to the world, and it was not taken seriously by anybody, and it shouldn't have been. It was nonsense. It was an extension of the wrestling brand. Vince McMahon is just so arrogant that he thought that his wrestling brand was so so impactful and so uh, relevant that it would be able to, I don't know, translate somehow with a version of it on a, on a football field, meaning not the, the, the game itself wasn't you know rigged up and, and choreographed, but everything else around it was. And it was it was absolute nonsense. but I, I mean I, when it came out, I was watching it like crazy. I was 21 years old. It was in 2001, I think. Maybe 20, 21, 22, whatever. And um, I, I used to kind of, maybe not hide it, but be a little quiet about it. Uh, but based on all the stupid bleep that's out there that people consume every day, I, I almost, I'm unabashed at this point. I love professional wrestling, uh, WWE in particular. I, I don't watch it year-round, and I don't watch it every Monday. But I do keep up with the rumor mills. I do follow all the stuff on Twitter. And so I do kind of have an idea what's going on. And I do follow it every year right about now, right about January, February, March, April, the lead up to WrestleMania, which is generally speaking the first week of April. And as anybody who's listened with any regularity has heard me say in the past over the years, if you remember, this is my favorite time of the year, springtime. Major League Baseball starts back up. Spring and summer concert series season starts to pick up. My birthday is the first week, week and a half of April. WrestleMania, all these things that have originated since childhood, childhood, many of them. I mean, I, it was uh, 1990. I, my birthday present was WrestleMania when Flair won. Ric Flair won his first time in the WWF at that time at the Sky Dome. In Toronto, or was it the Silver Dome in Detroit? I don't remember. My point is, uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And when I heard that Vince was going to be doing another XFL, but not the same gimmicky, weird, stupid thing they did back then, I, I thought it was even weirder of an idea. Because at least what he was doing almost 20 years ago had an element of a different entity to it like the bringing the wwe people in and he had just bought out wcw he was kind of taking over the professional wrestling world and having that niche audience that would watch your football no matter what you know made a little bit more sense to me than trying to create a somewhat legitimate you know brand of football in 2020 i i, I don't know what he thinks he's doing because every example, all of history shows that every alternative to the NFL fails for 40 years. Leagues I'd never heard of, like the World League in the late 70s, USS, USFL 
in the 80s, which I have heard of. NFL Europe. Uh, arena leagues. As recently as last year, the AAF, which flamed out spectacularly awful. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do, but I think that there's a chance that it could work, but it's going to have to take a lot more pieces that aren't there right now. So let's just jump backwards to last week. XFL started. I was interested to, to take a look at it, and I watched portions of all four games all weekend. Now, just a quick overall thoughts on it from just a small sample size of a weekend. The play was a little sloppy. The uh, coaching was a little sloppy because people didn't really understand all the rules in a game, you know, fast-paced, real-life scenario. I mean, we can all sit down and read the rules at a board meeting and say, okay, I'm down with it. But when you're actually coaching and playing, that's a different story. This is everybody's first game. So you give all that the benefit of the doubt. In the end, there was some decent ball played, some decent football played. The question is, does there need to be any more decent football played right now? Is that is that necessary for Americans' consumption? My first thought is no, it's not. I don't need football 24 or 7. I don't need it 365. When the Major League Baseball season ends, which pitchers and catchers reported to spring training yesterday, um, when the season ends in October, I don't need an alternative season of a different brand of ball to start baseball. I don't need that. And I'm a baseball aholic. But I I want time off from everything. I don't want to go to a Pearl Jam show every day, you know? And so I don't really understand the motivation for this. I do remember that when Vince first brought this up, it was when things were really starting to be tense amongst the all the fake outrage. Of, oh, these football players, can you believe they disrespect our troops by bending a knee? Dab, bib, 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 bib. And Vince came out and said, we will not allow this. It will not be tolerated. And if you have a criminal record, you won't be able to play in this league. And blah, 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 blankety blank, shut the F up, Vince McMahon. And I even remember at the time saying, maybe just to myself, I don't remember if I said it into a microphone or not, that by the time this league starts in 2020, all the things that's happening today will be just evaporated, gone. I just got done spending a whole podcast on it last week. NFL ratings are through the roof. People are watching the NFL. This fake outrage of I'll never watch again is just that, fake. So all the things he was trying to get people excited about a year and a half ago, they're not there anymore. On to something else, something that's distracting people elsewhere. So... What you've got here is minor league football, and that's fine. I would like to see a minor league system of football. And what I would love to see, because I think college football is absurdly ridiculous, I can appreciate it when it's good. It's just very rarely actually that good. What I think that would make the business sense of all of this is Goodell and the NFL and Vince and XFL and all the TV partners who are all also NFL and XFL partners say, let's let's do this. Let's make a developmental league. And let's allow 18-year-olds right out of high school, immensely talented, pay them 50 grand a year. Maybe they even sit out the first year. Maybe that would be like a quote-unquote red shirt 
kind of scenario. Whatever works for your individual situation, for your club, your team, your management, and the player himself. What's his name? Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence at, at, at Clemson. If you, those don't come around all that often, granted. But if they do, he's ready for the NFL now. He can go play for the D.C. Defenders in the XFL for fifty grand a year. Also pull out an insurance policy for millions of dollars in case he gets hurt, just like they can in college. I mean, I know the college experience is important to some people, but it's not important to everybody. We've just kind of created that culture. Oh, the experience of college. Shut up. How about the experience of life? How about that? That's really the most important. College ain't real life. College is a is a, a television show. College is a, is a movie. It's a it's a motion picture. It's a flick. Right? How about some real life? Go make fifty grand a year as an 18, 19 year old and learn and develop with professional people in a professional organization that is subsidized by the NFL. And if the NFL were to sanction, subsidize, and get in bed with Vince in the XFL, this thing could take it's it's almost like, and this most people aren't gonna understand what this means. But it's almost like the Arizona Fall League in Major League Baseball. The Arizona Fall League starts in like December out in uh, in Arizona. Hell, some of it might be in Mexico. I'm not even sure. But it's in warm climates in the winter. And it's where all the best prospects within anybody's organization goes to play for a month and a half. Nobody watches it because nobody watches major uh, minor league baseball. Minor league baseball is a novelty act. It's cotton candy, uh, a, a draft beer, and you know Bozo the Clown or <laughs> the the famous chicken or the superstars or whatever, right? But if you have players that have NFL aspirations and you have good production, you have TV broadcast partners, and you have bored people who really do love football and want to just watch something. You might get a couple million viewers in the spring leading up to Major League Baseball and the NBA Finals. There might just be an appetite and an audience that can support that. And if that does happen, the NCAA and college football are the big, big losers because they already don't have a very good product to begin with. They don't have that many good players, really, and very few actually very good teams anymore. Yes, there's Alabama, there's Clemson, and then there's whoever, Ohio State, or whoever pops up, Texas, Michigan, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, we get get all that. There's 300-some-odd teams in NCAA-sanctioned football. They're just not going to be able to compete with this from a financial standpoint if players are able to leave directly out of high school and go make money in professional football. I think it's great. And this is everybody who wants to pay the players, quote unquote, right? In the in the college football world, we should pay the players. They make everybody millions. These players suck. Most all these players in college football are awful. You don't pay anybody who doesn't give you value. You pay Todd Gurley, you pay Trevor Lawrence, you pay uh, whoever the hell else Tim, Tim Tebow at the time. Well, they can come to this league and come get paid. That's what capitalism and America is all about, right? That's what should happen. And that will create interest and intrigue and in a developmental league that will make the NFL stronger and overall just build its brand bigger and better and more transparent rather than relying on these rules that go between the two leagues with the NCAA and NFL. Why, why is there you have to stay in college for three years before you can go to the NFL? In what capitalistic world 
in red-blooded American world, does that make any sense and is that fair? That's not okay. That's not how this is supposed to work. So I think a developmental league and an arrangement, a sanction, and a subsidized XFL within the NFL would be fantastic. But that's going to take a lot of people who are used to the same old thing, making some really bold decisions that, generally speaking, old, rich, white people don't do. And if the XFL thinks that they're going to be able to just be a, you know, a, a, an alternative, some kind of competitive alternative to the NFL, I mean, that's just as foolish as it gets. And nobody who is being honest in the situation would say anything otherwise. Oh, wow. You were on ABC over the weekend in February. Big deal. You're Product isn't that good. And every example in the past, including just last year, the AAF, which was a total embarrassment, proves that this isn't going to work. It's like the dipshit that keeps opening up a restaurant in the location that goes out of business every year and a half. There's so many examples of that in every community and city in the country. Certainly, we can start picking ones out here in Chattanooga. Oh, well, the last 15 restaurants have gone belly up and everybody's you know gone bankrupt and lost their bleep, but we can do it. Egomaniac, man- managerial type or ownership, we got this. We're the ones that can get it done. Yeah, right. Stop it. Just stop. Stop spending other people's money and losing other people's money and going broke because you think you got the idea. You figured it out. So I would love to see the XFL work, and um, I just don't know that if uh, heads can come together and actually make it what it is, but we'll see. I'll be watching this weekend some. The uh, the D.C. Defenders, the Washington, D.C. Defenders, they're my favorite team. Cardell Jones is their quarterback. He was the Ohio State guy, right? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, that's all I have got. Appreciate you guys and gals being here. Uh, I think there's going to be a show next week because I've come across another very, very interesting voicemail, automated kind of thing, almost creepy, and I'll open the show with that next week. I just got it today. Didn't want to have to go rearrange the show to get it in here. So I'm almost certain I will have a show next week that will open with one of the weirdest voicemails you've ever heard. So y'all have a great week. Enjoy Valentine's Day. Enjoy a weekend finally with some sunshine and not any rain. And uh, get Moon River Festival tickets. I know they're a little high on price, but Jesus Christ, look around you. What isn't? It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. And uh, that's it. Y'all have a great weekend. I love you to death. See you later. Bye.